Alrighty, so welcome to Wildfire Tribe Podcast this week. I am Sean. And I am Kylie. You got and it right this week, honey. So where are we this time? We are on the banks of the beautiful Clarence River, which is just spectacular today. And we're sitting in one of our regular spots right on the banks of the river. There's an island not far from us that separates the river pretty much into two. And it is absolutely delightful to be with you. So we just went away for a couple of weeks, just travelling around other places within Australia, in the state of Queensland, and visiting people that we have met online mostly, and just um, putting faces and bodies to those those people that appear on your computer screen. Yeah, beautiful mystical hearts, light workers that are beacons of hope and life in their communities, which has been really nice just to be able to encourage one another and just to be um, creating friendships all over the place, which has been beautiful. So would you say that it's been delightful? It's been delightful. So you delighted yourself by visiting people? I have been extremely delighted. And hopefully they've been delighted as well. And today's topic is... It is delight and desire. Delight and desire. So delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. I'm assuming that that's why we're talking about this today. Something to do with that Bible verse. Yeah. Yes, it is. And we're kind of just still setting up and getting ready. So we can just keep chatting while we're getting about it. I brought my boomerang with me today and my kite, Kylie, just in case... You wanted to use either of those things? I just saw a fish jump, like a big fish just jumped out of the water. I don't see what that's got to do with boomerangs and kites. Um, well, it was saying hi, and I think it was excited that about the potential that maybe you'll be flying a kite and throwing a boomerang near it. So whilst we're away, we also did throw, or I did get to throw my boomerang, which I made by, by hand a few years ago. And I actually got to throw it when we were away one day when I re- remembered that I had it. I actually returned to within just a couple of metres of me, which is really cool when that happens. Yeah, it was awesome. And I even got it on film. We've got it on the Wildfire Tribe page as part of our one of the freedom walks we did while we were away, which was just really declaring freedom and releasing love and life over a whole entire geographical region that had been placed on our hearts. So we've done a lot of this kind of walking and driving through areas and spaces over the years where we've just been releasing the light that's within us, the frequency of love, the vibrations of of Christ within us, just... Uh, the, the frequencies and vibrations. That's all the words that I keep on hearing all of the time, everywhere I look, everything that I read, everything on YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, all the people that are cruising around the world now sharing their experience of life and their knowledge and wisdom all talk about frequencies and vibration. And energy, energy, frequency and vibration, which is the essence of what makes up our bodies really. And I think it's when we come into the understanding of what that means as we're walking a life with God and wanting and desiring for that to become a part of an expanded more, like we're saying, okay, what is the difference between people that believe in the mysteries of God and believe in a life that's alive and invigorated and filled with wonder. Well, I don't think you have to believe in God to believe in frequencies and vibration, etc. No, but if you do believe in God and you couple that with the understanding of what frequency and vibration and energy is all about, then you start moving into a higher realm of consciousness where you get to see and understand that there's far more that we're here to partner in than just like this three-dimensional reality of where sometimes we can be frustrated even as believers. So delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Mm, I love it. Well, first I looked, I thought to myself, okay, well, what is delight? So delight is described or defined as a high degree of gratification or pleasure, joy, also extreme satisfaction. It's a feeling of extreme pleasure, something or someone that provides a source of happiness And uh, the fifth definition that I had was a high degree of pleasure or enjoyment, joy and rapture. So can you choose to be delighted? I think so. I think that it is a choice. 
So that Bible verse that we keep going back to it says, delight yourself in the Lord. So you choose to be delighted in the Lord, do you? Yeah, I think you do. Because sometimes it doesn't feel very delightful. No, it doesn't. <laughs> so therefore you have to choose to be delighted in the Lord. Well, and that's not being delighted in your circumstances necessarily either, is it? No. Well, in the Passion Translation, and I like this one, make God the utmost delight and pleasure of your life and he will provide for you what you what you desire the most. So it actually says make God, which that to me is like, that's like you're deciding, you're making God the utmost delight and pleasure of your life. Yeah. And then what's the next bit after that? And he will provide for you what you desire the most. Well, I desire lots of things the most, but they're all come under the one classification of motorbike. <laughs> You're so funny. So I mustn't be delighting myself in the Lord. Perhaps not. Perhaps are you challenged by that? No, not really. It's just a silly example, but maybe <laughs> maybe somebody out there that's listening could relate to, hang on a second, you might be thinking to yourself, hang on a second, I feel like, I'm totally in love with God. I feel like I'm delighted in the Lord. I'm delighted in his presence, who he is in my life. Yet I don't feel as if the desires of my heart are being given to me. So therefore, that Bible verse must be mistranslated or I must misunderstand its actual meaning. Well, I started thinking about that. I was thinking, okay, so what does it mean to delight in something? So I was thinking about like a sunrise or a for me, like I love sunrise or I love sunset or, f or a full Sunrises moon or something. Are awesome. It's just getting up before them that's difficult. Yeah. <laughs> it's so true. So I was thinking, okay, so if you're delighting in the sunrise, or even like last week we were talking about rainbows, it's so easy to be delighted in a rainbow. So what we're doing is we're holding that thing in all all of its beauty and its wonder and we're completely fixated in it in that space of delight we're not thinking while we're delighting on that sunset we're not thinking about the new car we want to buy or we're not thinking about the new hairstyle we want to get we're just completely fixated we're completely focused and overwhelmed and in this state of like whoa on that one thing if it's like the sunset so that's that's that place of like delighting in the Lord it's like being completely in that place of just loving wonder it just it focused intention it's just being overwhelmed in that space of just Beholding his glory, worshipping his majesty, seeing his beauty. So when we're delighting in him, the desires that we have in our hearts are actually his desires. But maybe when you, just, when you delight yourself in the Lord completely, that you're just so in awe of him and so in love with him and so focused on him that the desires of your heart that you thought that you used to have, such as the motorbike, are not even on the scale. They're not even something that you are even aware of anymore because your whole desire is just for God's presence. Exactly. It's almost like the fullness of delight takes you into another realm of consciousness. Like we were talking the other day, you know, about the sixth sense, like understanding that there are all these dimensions of spaces that we can interact with. It's, it's like that last definition, a high degree of pleasure or enjoyment, joy or rapture. It's like you're being raptured in that place of delighting in his presence. There's not many distractions in delight, really. No, so I'm starting to think that, yeah, if you actually have that first part of the, the Bible verse down pat, as in you delight yourself in the Lord, that the desires of your heart actually just becomes more of that. Mm. That the desire of your heart then becomes more just about delighting yourself in the Lord. It's a cycle of just love for him and his love for you and that nothing else outside of that is important anymore. And mm. even the motorbike. Yeah. 
So pos- so what you're saying is like possibly this means that if we delight in the Lord, we- he will satisfy our desires for him by giving us more joy in him. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so it's just another one of those examples of almost every single topic that we choose to talk about. It's kind of like once you... Once you start talking about it, you realize that it could just be the entire Bible. Just one verse can just be done completely in God. You know, it's just once you understand every verse, it's just like, oh, well, we probably don't need all the rest. I don't know why they've got all these other verses and chapters and books. (laughs) When really, if we just delight ourselves in the Lord, then everything's done because that just increases our desire for him, more delight in him. Nothing else, including the motorbike that you keep on talking about wanting, Kylie, is is as important. Yes, it's true. Well, there's another delightful verse in Psalms 36, 7 to 9. I've taken this from the Passion Translation for a reason. It says, Oh God, how extravagant is your cherishing love. All mankind can find a hiding place under the shadow of your wings. All may drink of the anointing from the abundance of your house. All may drink their fill from the delightful springs of Eden. To know you is to experience a flowing fountain drinking in your life, springing up to satisfy. Nothing brings more bliss to to our souls than to worship God freely with nothing holding us back. What beautiful freedom we experience as we delight in worshipping God. And so if you've found yourself here for the first time, we thank you for listening to our podcast and we just uh, invite you to make a cup of tea or coffee or get yourself a soda water or something like that and and sit down and just listen as if you're sitting with us having a, a cup of tea or coffee. We call ourselves Christian mystics and we like to have real conversations about mystical things. And so this is a conversation just like we have if we were sitting across from you at a table in a cafe, just talking about the mysteries of God and today's topic being delight and desire. So Kylie, why don't you keep on talking in your delightful voice that makes you so desiring of (laughs) my attention? You're gorgeous. I'll put out there just a thought that Brian Simmons had written about that. And Brian Simmons is who? Because not everybody knows Brian Simmons. It's not like he's like part of our family. It's just like Brian's here. So Brian Brian Simmons is the author of The Passion Translation. Which is a Bible translation. Yes, which is a Bible translation. Yeah, so Brian Simmons, author of The Passion Translation Bible, talks about these springs of Eden. He states that the springs of Eden are a direct reference to the flowing rivers of God's abundance and pleasure. The rivers of Eden are rivers of bliss. So imagine rivers of bliss flowing through you as you worship. All our fountains are in him and he makes us a garden of bliss Out of your glory. belly will flow rivers of living water. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty special. We are that beginning of those rivers that are flowing onto water the earth. Like that's pretty cool. Jesus said... That if we believe in him, out of our innermost being would flow rivers of living water. Yeah, that's what I just said. Yeah. God's garden is our lives of which flows these rivers, flowing rivers of life and freedom and grace and truth and wonder and delight and joy and hope. Rivers of love and healing to water the land. I love it. So that got me to thinking what it what is it then that stops these rivers like what is it are we stopping the goodness in our lives through negative and fear-based beliefs are we stopping them through our preconceived ideas about what we think people think in the mirror translation in philippians 2 13 it says discover god himself as your inexhaustible inner source. He ignites you with both the desire and the energy that matches his own delight. Are we stopping the goodness in our lives through negative and fear-based beliefs? 
what are those things that are stopping us from delighting in the Lord, from being in that place of delighting and then out of that place flowing the desires of our heart. Philippians 2.13, discover God himself as your inexhaustible inner source. He ignites you with both the desire and energy that matches his own delight. That's a pretty powerful verse. Well, what does that mean to you? Well, he is our inexhaustible inner source. So he lives within us for a start. He's inexhaustible, so you can't use up all of him. Yeah, yeah it's never, ever ending. And he, he ignites us with the desire and the energy that matches his own delight. Which is exactly what I said way back ages ago, was if you just delight yourself in him, that he will give you more delight for him. That's right. So once again, we've just wasted a lot of words and and used up a lot of airwaves and a lot of internet and energy just saying the same thing over again. But When does the motorbike come into it? That's that's what I'm wondering about. (laughs) I don't have an answer for that. So delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart, which means he'll give you more delight within himself for himself. Yeah. And it's inexhaustible, never runs out. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's like when he says that we have everything we need because we have him within and he is the source, the inexhaustible inner source that it gives us, that ignites us, fills us with both desire and energy. So the the motorbike that you keep on talking about desiring, the desire of your heart being that motorbike, is like placing a condition on God's love. It's like this. So... Dad, I love you so much, and out of that place, I expect that you will buy me a motorbike, or that you will make it happen. So you're putting a condition on what you believe God's love should look like. Mm. And he's saying, son, you have everything you need. Which is me, and more of me. Mm. The inexhaustible source. So maybe it's the, the going deeper and understanding that that relationship is so multifaceted and multi-layered that as you discover more of the depths of what that relationship looks like, then you, what can be opened up to you is far more than you could possibly ask, dare, hope, imagine, dream. Yeah, so it's like a maturity. Sean, you're very immature, expecting that if you think that you delight yourself in the Lord that you will get things that you want but what you don't realize in your immaturity is that if you just delighted yourself in God in every moment that he would give you more ability to delight yourself more in him and that that is the most perfect place to be. And delighting ourselves in the Lord isn't like a list of tasks that we're performing for him. Oh, look, God, we've just spent two and a half weeks traveling around and mentoring people and loving people and being with people and encouraging people in their walks with God. And we've now been I expect meetings something and, in return. Yeah, exactly. That's not delighting. That's like that, that's, that three-dimensional kind of thinking that we have yeah it's conditional it's saying okay I've performed now and now I expect a reward but that's like what we got taught at school that's what we get taught when we're like three and five and you know like you be bad I'll send you to the naughty corner and you be good and you get a prize or you get to do something you be bad and I'm you're not playing your iPad anymore and you be good like we're so conditioned in this space and we do it to our kids we condition one another all the time that you're rewarded if you do something good and you're punished if you do something bad so therefore we take that straight into our relationship with God and then we wonder why we don't get the desires of our heart I don't think we even know what they are yeah so we are basing our relationship with God on our relationship with other people on earth such as our children such as our parents and if there's any kind of what's the word dysfunction in any of those relationships then we somehow apply that to our relationship with God when it really should be the other way around where God's the perfect father and from that place we understand how to be the perfect father. It's not easy though because really the only person that we can learn from is him and he's constantly drawing us into that secret place with him saying I am everything 
that you need, yet we still tell each other that, oh, that's not true. No, 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 no. You, you can't just, just only have God. Man does not live on bread alone, Kylie, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Come on. <laughs> I love it. On every word that comes from the mouth of God. And God is the word. He is. Everything around us was formed up from his words, on his breath. So it seems like the more we go through this topic today, the more that I think that all we actually need is God. Mm. Well, it's interesting. I've got this a quote from a book called What Christian Mystics Know That You Don't by a guy called Peter Bowes. No, say that all again. Like, I, what Are you even speaking English? What, what did you just say? Okay, so there's a book called What Christian Mystics Know That You Don't. And it's by a gentleman called Peter Bowes. And this is what he says. Whether a person believes in such things or not, the mystics see God within and know that everyone has this divine center within them. It is not an opinion or a belief, as mystics are not interested in such things. Real experience brings real transformation and complete change to a human being. This is why those who really know carry such a presence of peace that flows through them. The mystics and the saints are the ones who have moved the consciousness of the world and opened the hearts to those seeking to the truth that God is within. I love this. I love it because it's the essence of the mystical walk. It's that experiential, you know, it's, it's where those things move from a knowledge of God into a relationship with him, into the fullness of him within us and us within him. Yeah, that's what I love the most about the existence that we have is just that experiential walking out life, knowing that God is in us, that we're in him and just being led by that knowing and going places and speaking to people and just being able to shine the light of him into people's lives. That's what I love Mm. the most that we are able to do. And that comes from a place of delighting ourselves in him, like just knowing that he is the everything. He, He is able to be that. And out of that place and that knowing just comes the ability to cruise around the earth and speak to people that are living lives of difficulty. We have many examples of of running into people on the street and in cafes, etc. I ran into a girl at the front of a shopping centre just a couple of weeks ago. As soon as I saw her, I knew that God wanted me to talk to her and help her understand how God sees her and that her interpretation of who she thinks she is is far less than what God thinks of her. And so to be able to spend time with her and just knowing that it was a, one of those God moments, you know, those ordained, not coincidental type moments where you just see somebody and just know that you have words for them. That's what, that's what I love doing. If we could just, and we do just, not if we could just, because that is actually what we do, is just go through life looking for opportunities like that to help people understand that, that God also delights himself in them. Mm. Yeah, it's so true. But even, you know, when you come away from an experience like that, and that's just one experience in the last couple of weeks of speaking to somebody, but there's many different examples of that day by day by day, then you also sometimes walk in that place of immaturity that, I walk in way more often than you, Kylie, where you somehow then put conditions on the work that the work that you're doing for the Lord. Because <laughs> I'm working for you now, God. So that person that I did that work for, I expect to be paid in some way. But that's immature when you sit down and think about it. That's once again putting conditions on a relationship that you have with God that doesn't exist in the first place. God never told me that. I was going to get paid for working for him by talking to people nicely and helping them understand that he loves them. Yet for some reason, when I equate lack in my life to what it is that I'm doing for God, then I think I must be doing something wrong. I'm not getting it right or God owes me something. 
in the equation that he never said that he owed me. Yeah. It comes back to that that quote again out of out of Peter Bowe's book, like where he says that this belief of God within us, like it's this relationship that we have, it's this wonderful, multi-dimensional, incredible space where we are constantly filled with the inexhaustible inner source that ignites us, both our desire and our energy. Like he says, it's not an opinion or a belief. Because mystics are not interested in such things. And I love that because I'm not interested in arguing about whether we're right and you're wrong, about, the, you know, like taking sides, getting in boxes and, and flying flags and making a stand because the, the very essence of believing that God is within each one of us and that he sees us and loves us right where we are is that we don't come with any conditions. You don't have to believe in any particular way. We're not trying to convince you onto our side because there are no sides. There is no separation. There are no lines. There's so does no... that mean that all the denominations in Christianity are right? I just think it means everybody is on their own path and we're called to love one another whatever that looks like so you kylie and me sean we're not cruising around trying to get people onto our team no into our denomination and that is the essence of a mystic and that is one thing that if you think that mystical christianity is a new denomination well, then you've missed the point because it's not another box a little bit bigger with a, a little bit more space to stuff a few more layers of consciousness and a few more aspects of unveiling the scriptures that we didn't know before. No, no, no. It's like the very essence of our being. It's it's this beautiful place of like God within us and us within him and us moving around the earth and shining like light workers. It's loving one another exactly where they are with no conditions and no expectation that they're going to have to do a whole heap of stuff before they can feel approved and valued. So it's not them and us. No, there is no them and us. So it's, you know, because you keep on bringing up motorbikes and you like talking about them, <laughs> I just—it's a bit like motor motorbike gangs. To be a part of my gang, you've got to have a particular type of bike, and you don't have to have all the clothing that I have. But there are certain rules, and then we form our own little gang, and we all ride around. And then we don't like the other gang because they ride different bikes, and they've got different territories, and etc. But it's just, so what you're, what you're saying is that we're all in together, boys, that we're actually, like the whole world should just have motorbikes. Like everybody should have a motorbike and everybody should be able to wear whatever they want when they're riding them and be able to go anywhere they want and not forming groups. Exactly. And, and the very essence of those motorbike riders is this beautiful presence of peace that flows over them and through them. We just so love motorbikes. As they're riding the roads, exactly. We all have an appreciation that, wow, those guys are like, they've got big glider motorbikes and these guys over there, they've got adventure bikes and those guys, they're on like steppies and they're riding monkey bikes and, you know, Delight they're... yourself in your motorbike. <laughs> And he will give you the desires of more motorbikes. <laughs> it's an interesting analogy. But let's not start a religion or a denomination. No. On no, I don't think because so. Because then all of a sudden people that don't like motorbikes, they're not in our gang and then we have separation again. Exactly. And that's kind of, it's it struck me as one of the things too, you know, like, because we've gone through a process of uh, thinking, yeah, let's register Wildfire Tribe as a charity. And a ministry as a church, you know, like, but then as part of that process, you need to go through establishing your rules or your, your core beliefs, your Yeah, you're vision. talking very specifically about Australian taxation rules as well here. And I imagine that this is quite similar across the world, that if you're going to register as a not-for-profit, that you have to adhere to a certain amount of rules in your nation that there's an expectation of, okay, you need to create the things that members abide by. So as soon as you start doing that, and this is why we um, made the decision not to go in this direction, is that 
what it's doing is saying if you don't believe all of these things, then you can't be a part of us. And I don't feel like God's saying that. He's not saying you, I'll only love you if you believe all of these things. He is loving us unconditionally right where we are, right in the midst of all of the difficult moments, right in, you know, right in the middle of your hangover, right in the, you know, just after you've had a big meltdown or a fight with your partner, right after you've just had a stress moment where you've gone off at your three-year-old and they really didn't deserve it. Like he's loving us in all of those difficult, hard moments. He's not pointing the finger and saying, well, you know, like you just could have worked on that a little bit harder. That that voice is only a voice in our head that is creating separation between him and us. I think I know what you're talking about there, but going back to the forming the not-for-profit organization, et cetera, or a ministry is a word that gets used a lot. That we could be we could be cruising around telling everybody that we're the wildfire tribe ministry, but we don't we don't have that word on the end ministry because we I guess we consider that we do minister to people we do just live a life of that ministry but we don't feel as if we can uh, to get that tax threshold that tax break from our government etc abide by any regulations that they tell us that we need to abide by to get that gift because then we have become a part of another gang. Exactly. So we are Sean and Kylie Henderson. We are Wildfire Tribe. You're listening to our podcast and we thank you today for that. Any information that you want to know about us is on wildfiretribe.life and that's our website. We also have a Facebook page where you can connect with us. It's called Wildfire Tribe and you can jump on our Facebook page. Please send us a message or reach out to us if there's any questions that you have. We know a lot of other amazing mystical hearts around the world that we would love to connect you to in your region if you are looking for that. So if you're interested in what's happening in Australia and some of the people that we interact with, There's a website also called Hub Without Borders and you can find out more about what's happening within Australia. There's a conference towards the end of the year in in 2023 in Australia and Justin Abraham and Nancy Cohen will be at that. So the website to find out information about that and other people, like-minded people like ourselves and yourself in Australia is HWOB, standing for Hub Without Borders. That's it. It's awesome. So on to the topic again, desire and delight or delight and desire. I've got another quote from a lady called Mary Lou Hollis and she wrote a book called Power of Your Sacred Breath and this is just a little snippet out of her book. The so-called holiness is nothing more than whole Liness, in which people are conscious of their own innocence and wholeness, which makes God visible in our life. We are all equally included in the innocence and the completeness of God. And this awareness helps to bring peace among men. So I looked up in the Aramaic, the word holy is translated as this. Awareness that everything is is there within consciousness of everything properly intended for man the term holy that meant was meant to give us a holistic perception of what we view so spirit means breath so if we take these definitions and bring them into union holy spirit actually conveys the message of the all embracing holistic breath and awareness of god So I was thinking about that just off that conversation that we were having then, you know, like about keeping up appearances, like feeling like we have to adhere to our denomination's rules, like feeling like maybe we're not good enough. That's why we're not receiving the desires of our heart. What even are the desires of our heart? What is this holiness and is holiness something that we're attaining to, that we're working toward, that we're trying to be, or is it 
that we are equally included in the innocence and completeness of God. And this just coming into the awareness of what already is, our wholeness, our holiness, helps to bring this peace in our life. So don't tell me that you're telling me right now that we don't actually have to do anything to be holy. No. No, you're not telling me that? Or no, yeah, we don't have to do I'm anything? Yeah, that's what I'm telling you. We don't have to do anything to be holy. So there's nothing that we have to do to, do to be holy. There's nothing that we have to do to seek approval from God. There's nothing we have to do except for we do have to be intentional about delighting ourselves in the Lord, don't we? Because that's a decision. Yeah. Yeah. And then what? And then everything else just flows out of that place, like the rivers of living water flow. Like that's when we really start to come into it the fullness of who we really are. It just seems too easy, Kylie. It can't be that easy. Well, it's it's very hard because we it goes against everything that we know to be true. It goes against all of our separatist mindsets. It goes against all of our us and them. It goes against everything about being good and bad. It goes against everything within our culture that tells us we've got to work, 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 strive, 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 hustle, 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 push, push, push. Because it's just coming into the fullness of that relationship. It's coming in to actually being in that place where we are mesmerized just like the sunset and the sunrise, that we are fixated on him, that we are in the fullness worshipping him, gazing upon his glory, focusing on that place that is taking us, rapturing us into that place of bliss and wonder. But out of that place, say you've got all that sorted, then you can hustle and bustle, can't you? You can drive tractors and, and work at different jobs and stuff. Absolutely. Because that, you know, that is something that is a desire of your heart. Absolutely. It's not, it's not like if you just, you know, delight yourself in the Lord that you never have to work a day in your no, life. No, no, no. And that you, no. and you don't have to do anything. But out of that place, you come into that place of peace that allows you to just be in whatever it is that you're in. Like we all love different things. Like, you know, when it comes to motorbikes, places that we live and all of those kind of things. But it's like building the foundational space in our life that allows us to, to be filled with joy, to be actually happy. to Because I think most people would understand that have been able to achieve some kind of monetary success in the way that, you know, even if it's only just gathering a whole bunch of stuff because you've been able to get a whole bunch of loans, that you realize that having stuff and and building success in in that realm of just like building career and everything like that, there's only so much satisfaction you can find in that place. And depending upon what kind of person you are, will depend on how long that satisfaction lasts. For some people, the satisfaction only lasts until they have the thing. And as soon as they have the thing, they realize that they're not feeling any different. Well, I don't know that it's that much different when you're on that adventure of seeking God, when you're delighting yourself in Him. I I would have to say that for me, it feels like a never-ending quest to know the more of Him, to know the more about Him, to experience more of Him. So I, don't, I can't say that I feel like I'm fulfilled every moment of my day knowing that that uh, I've, I've achieved some level of success in my spiritual walk either. Yeah, that's true. So will I ever feel like that? Mm. Will I ever have enough money to feel like I don't need any more money? Will I ever have enough of God to feel like I just don't need any more? How do I get that? Mm. What club do I have to join to be to be able to get that? Or is it just a never-ending quest for more, no matter what it is that you choose to pursue? Catherine of Siena, Saint Catherine of Siena, was associated with the doctrine of desire and it itself is a response to God first desiring for us, his creation. Entering this dynamic of desires like Christ who became flesh to want with a deep desire to fulfill the will of the Father being led by the Spirit. At the heart of 
St. Catherine of Siena's doctrine, we find the idea that the inner cell or the inner chamber is this protective shield of our inner life, protecting us from worries and the turbulence of the world. So this allows us to constantly return to this conversation with God within. So she states on many occasions that self-knowledge outside of God is what leads us to despair. I thought that was interesting. So if we consider ourselves in the light of God's word, light workers in Christ, a new creation, because that's what we are. There's a verse about that, I think, Corinthians, that if we are in Christ, we're a new creation. The only thing we see is that everything we are comes from him. It comes from within. This therefore places us as his sons and daughters in infinite gratitude and holiness, in wholeness. So it's just a knowing Mm. who you are means that you don't have to be pursuing anything. Exactly. We're delighting in that relationship, that wonderment that rolls into this desire of the fruit, I guess, is like fullness. It's that feeling like everything's complete. The peace that surpasses all understanding. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what it, it culminates in is peace, isn't it? A fullness. Yeah. A completeness, a knowing. Therefore, no need to pursue anything else at all, including more of God, because you are complete in him. Mm. It's the power of now, Eckhart Tolle, or Tolle. Yeah. The power of now, just knowing that right now, right at this very moment, that everything is fine. That right here, right now, sitting right next to the river, in the sunshine, in a beautiful place, not allowing the thoughts of concern about tomorrow or regrets from the past or what people might be thinking of you or whether you're going to get to do those things that you want to do in 15 years when you think that you might get the opportunity but right here and right now right at this very moment everything is fine exactly so if everything is fine right here right now at this very moment right at this very moment even though I just said that about 10 seconds ago and everything was fine then as well then it's likely that if we just keep on saying that, that everything will be fine all of the time. Mm. The power of now. Mm. Yeah, the power of now. It is the new now. Kylie, you've got a book called The New Now as well, so it's probably <laughs> a good time to actually tell people that you have got that book, The New Now by Kylie Henderson. It is available all around the world. It is even available on places like Amazon or any good bookstore right across the world. If they don't have it in stock... You can actually just ask them and they will be able to get it for you. And it is exactly about this topic they were talking about. Just a knowing that right now, in your new now, that everything is fine. Exactly. I was looking up the metaphysical meaning of desire. So metaphysical is like a meaning that transcends physical matter or the law of nature. So this was interesting, desire, an expression of the innermost being of man, the onward impulse of an ever-evolving man. It springs from deep within the being and it has enduring power. Deep desire is essential for spiritual growth. It is desire earnest intense desire that draws the whole being up out of mortality and its transient joys into the power to appreciate and to receive real spiritual blessings. So I felt like that had so many more descriptive words in that what desire means rather than it just being you know, more of a, like in our world, desire is like sometimes associated with, you know, desiring a person or having sexual desires or having... How did you know what I was thinking? Because uh, you're my other half. <laughs> I just love that, how it's termed there as being an expression of the innermost being of man. Deep desire is essential for spiritual growth. So we're desiring, deeply desiring 
to be in that place of delighting in the Lord? Oh, I don't know, Kylie. That all sounds like it's a bit too difficult to me. And it sounds like that when you're desiring something that you're chasing after something, so therefore something needs to be obtained when really it's already done. Yeah. So whenever whenever there is something that needs to be done to obtain this peace or this desire of your heart that we keep talking about, I feel like we're not quite there yet. Well, I feel like the only thing that removes us from that place of just knowing is that when our mind starts telling us, oh, but what about this? Oh, but what about that? Oh, maybe if you hadn't have done that, or maybe if you hadn't have thought that. But instead of dwelling on any of those things that come through our mind, we just need to let them pass through those thoughts and just let them go. Don't grab hold of them and try and flesh them out because like you were saying about the power of now, like being in this moment, having everything that we need right now, which doesn't always feel like it's the case. I know that. But the truth of it is, is that it is. So the other day we did a a breathwork course and we're continuing to do that. And and one of the first parts of that breathwork course took us back to a place of trying to remember the very first time in your life at what age it was where you felt like you were safe, like you had everything that you could ever desire, where you didn't have a worry in the world, you had complete freedom, everything was peaceful and calm. And in that breathwork meditation, I found myself taking myself back to a place of remembering a photograph of myself when I was extremely young imagining that at that time I felt all of those things, that I felt safe, complete, whole, no no lack of anything, no concern about where my next meal was going to come from, all of those things. And I don't remember feeling that at that time, but I took myself back to that photograph to imagine that that's how I felt. And so picturing that that time in your life where everything felt complete, where you weren't pursuing anything, where you were just whole, where you could just enjoy your your current moment and not be concerned about anything beyond that, is exactly what we're talking about when it comes to being present in the now and knowing that right now everything is good and therefore assuming from that place that that will continue to be the case. That is a place that is difficult to find. I find that it's difficult right now in my current circumstances to actually believe that that is the truth. But I feel like that is where exactly what we're talking about comes from. When you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you more delight in him and in yourself, etc. That cycle of just being so delighted in the moment that nothing else matters. Mm. That there is nothing likely or possible that is going to happen to make anything change to be worse but that everything is perfectly fine and always will be i love it that is a really easy yet difficult place to be Mm, it is yeah it is and especially when you know you're seeking answers you're saying god like i've got all of these issues like and even in that I feel like I'm... What are all these issues that we've always got? We just said that we don't have any. We don't have any issues, nothing to worry about, no bills to pay, no mental problems, health problems, no desiring anything apart from what... We don't even need to desire anything because we already have everything that we need. So there are no issues. And that is true. But the hardest part is, is that... But... Yeah, that's right. Because whilst ever we're not in the fullness of delighting in the Lord and while ever we're not in the fullness of understanding we are holy, that we are sons and daughters, that we have an inheritance in the kingdom, that he gives us the peace that surpasses all understanding, then we're constantly going in and out and in and out of these spaces of unrest of anxiousness and especially like take this month for example we've been going through really high energetic systems within our earth that have been bringing us into a place where lots of those kind of things have been surfacing so 
August is a is a pretty wild month where we will see two supermoons, which is quite a rare occurrence. I think it's been many many years. That August twenty twenty three. Yes, August twenty twenty three, and we we're seeing we've just seen yesterday the Sturgeon Moon, which was an amazing, beautiful, big moon that we saw rising, and then again on the thirty first, we're looking at having a blue moon. And all of these amazing aspects and, and pieces of our creation are all part of the energy, the frequency and the vibration that is happening in our bodies, around our bodies, in all of creation. And all of these things you will find, like you, you may find over the last week or two, that things have been surfacing. Maybe you've been on edge. Maybe you felt like um, stuff that you were moving through and trying to let go of is just like rearing its ugly head or you're having fights with your partner or you're doing things that are um, feeling like there's more tension than So that's normal. what we've been fighting. It's the phases of the moon. Yeah, and just the en- energetic uh, things that are happening in, in our... So when creation. we have a disagreement and you're not actually understanding that I'm right, then it's really quite possible that it's just the phase of the moon that's causing you to think that I'm not right. <laughs> you put it so well, darling. Yes. And if only I knew that at the time and everything would have been solved because I would be sitting in my place of rest and in my in in that peace that surpasses all understanding and I wouldn't be rattled or or offended or worried about anything but instead we've we've got all of these different things that are going on and and you become more sensitive to those things the more that you realize that that God is in us that that all of creation resides within him therefore all of creation resides within us that we are constantly engaging with the frequencies and the sounds and the vibrations and the energies that are within all of these different systems because they're all within us. And like Sean was saying about the breathwork that we're engaging with at the moment, that it, it uncovers what you don't really understand um, is these deep-seated emotions and feelings that have been locked inside the cellular makeup of our bodies. And we don't realize when we have been not really knowing how to process them. Maybe it's at a time in our life when we're going through difficulties and it's not just appropriate for us to just sit down and cry stuff out that we need to be holding ourselves together we need to be strong we need we're you know raising children where uh, we've got to show up for work and nobody can replace us and we just got to keep going and going and going so all of these things are getting pushed down within us and then they're making this imprint within the cells of our body it mind you that are also joining the unresolved cell cellular trauma from the generations of our past as well which and when you can bring yourself into that place of stillness and and uh, engaging with the breath which is that creative space that beautiful powerful breath that God spoke us into being that we were on his breath so within our breath is held the most amazing things that as we engage with that, those things can actually be released from our body. Did you find that when you were engaging in the breath work? What I found interesting about that breath work and going back to that place of trying to remember that time where everything was, just to save a lot of words, everything was perfect, that that moment should be now. Yep. And so therefore anything that you're talking about with regards to moon phases, etc., trauma, generational stuff, all of that kind of thing that we for some reason still have to navigate and work out and release and let go of, that seems to be the distance between the perfect right now that we know that we should be able to live in and what we perceive as being our reality right now. Yeah, it's true. And as we, and it's part of like coming into the fullness of knowing who we already are, understanding our space of being light workers, that, that we're always going to be in this, there's going to be this tension between what our mind brings through our thought 
patterns, trying to remind us of this or reminding us of that when we're realizing we're spiritual beings and we need to be bringing ourselves into that higher place of consciousness, that higher awareness of knowing, yep, this is just a thought that's coming through. It's, I'm not going to be anxious about this. I'm not going to start freaking out. Oh, I've got this bill to pay in seven days time. How am I going to pay it? I don't know how I'm going to pay it. Then you start um, thinking about what's going to happen when you can't and then all of a sudden you're starting to create something around that thought and then it's becoming a part of your being rather than just letting it move through and knowing right now everything's okay. It's all going to be okay. Like it's all going to be okay. Because it doesn't really matter what size the bill is and if you do or don't pay it, that's not the end of everything. No. Anyway. No. It might feel like it. It might feel very difficult, and we know what that feels like, but it literally is not the end. No. And this is this is such a multifaceted, multi-layered conversation. There's just so many different little pieces that we could talk about in this. Like, I feel like we just kind of got our little tiny pinky toe in the water of infinite possibility when it comes to all of the different understandings. Pinky toe? It's a pinky finger. <laughs> well, my toe looks like a pinky toe. It's so little. Yeah, I don't know that I've ever heard your little toe called a pinky toe. <laughs> Look, your toe's a little pinky toe too. This little piggy went to market, this little piggy stayed home, this little piggy had roast beef, this little piggy had none, and this little piggy went, no, this little piggy, not pinky. <laughs> I love it. That's so Piggy funny. toe. <laughs> the piggy toe. Piggy toe. <laughs> There you go. So real conversations about mystical things. We've just discovered that there's a pinky finger and a piggy toe. <laughs> I love it. Uh, it's just like each each one of those things that we've we're, like we're probably talking about spoke. We've probably spoken about ten different things that we could turn into another whole hour of podcast talking. Indeed. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He'll give you the desires of your heart. Yes. So, how about Instead of just like talking, 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 covering heaps and heaps of ground, expanding upon that and going nowhere, then we actually try and tail it back into having some idea of concluding what the topic was, which was delight and desire, wasn't it? Yes. Okay, so we've covered a lot of ground. We get back towards the end of the podcast and we decide that we actually now know what delighting yourself in the Lord means is that when you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you more delight and more ability and capability to delight yourself in him more and that in that place that you will be full and not needing anything outside of that. Yeah, he'll give you the desires of your heart and desire just to bring this final little definition. The desire has been the driving force behind the world's spiritual traditions. It is the longing to know the eternal, that which is beyond all limitations, beyond the province of the five senses and even beyond death. It is the impulse that compels us to seek out prayer, meditation, contemplation and surrender. So it's like this beautiful circle, delight and desire. It's all bringing us back into a deeper and deeper walk with God. Like it's bringing us back into that place where we're going deeper. We're so fixated in that place of like just worshipping him and, and coming into that place of knowing who we are because the creator resides within us, empowering us in that place of our now and understanding that when we just breathe when we we don't become fixated on any of the things that we don't have and we just dwell on the fullness of who we already are as sons and daughters of God that we can just feel loved in that place that that peace that surpasses all understanding flows over us in that space we realize that we're already surrounded by motorbikes <laughs> Ah, <sighs> motorbikes. <laughs> well, it's been lovely to talk to you today. Thank you for listening to us again 
feel free to give us feedback at wildfiretribe.life, which is our website, which has links to various other social media apps, etc. We would love to hear from you. Reach out, say hello, tell us what you would like to hear us talk about, tell us where you live and tell us how it is that we're going to come and visit you because we would also love to meet you just like we've been meeting other people in the last couple of weeks. Thank you for listening and bye for now. See you guys. It's been a delight. Bye. Where my thoughts become your thoughts. We become a wildfire tribe.